Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, that's me, ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. This episode of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. It's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one travel news journalist. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, your travel detective, Peter Greenberg. Hi, everybody. Peter Greenberg here, and welcome to the podcast that's done from a different location around the world every single week. One day Canada, the next day Thailand, then New York, London. You just never know. This week we come to you from Cannes. In fact, we're right now at the Fairmont Monte Carlo in right outside of Monaco. To participate in the program and speak with Peter Greenberg, call 1-888-887-3837 or visit petergreenberg.com. Now back to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. 52 minutes after the hour, Peter Greenberg here with you from the Fairmont Monte Carlo here for the International Luxury Travel Mart, taking your calls at 888-887-3837. That's 888-88-PETER. And if you can't get through on the phones, you know what to do. You email me to peter at petergreenberg.com. With your name, phone number, question, or problem, we will get to it right here on the air. We'll be doing that throughout the show. My next guest has been on with us before. He has an interesting story to tell because he also is a record holder. He's the youngest person to travel to every single country in the world. Lee Abamanti, how many countries is that? It's 193 if you go by the UN list. And as you know, there's also the Traveler Century Club list of 324, which I hope to finish by mid-next year. Now, I'm a member of that club. Because the, the requirements are you have to go to at least 100. Correct. Right? But they define it not just as countries. They, they have territories and, right? Territories and unique destinations. Basically, they like to set it apart. So if you go to French Guiana or Martinique or French Polynesia, it's not quite the same as going to Paris. So it's a more comprehensive list of travel. Right. And so when you get to that number, nobody sent me like a matching set of luggage. I didn't get a plaque. I got nothing. 
and membership has its privileges, as you say. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you can talk about places to those people in the Traveler Century Club that you can't talk to normal people about. Exactly. Normal people. <laughs> yeah, people who haven't been to Gabon and don't know that Italian place down on the harbor that's really good, you know? By the way, speaking of Gabon, and most people don't even know where that exactly. is, and that proves the point, you want to see great natural resources and wildlife? Wow. Yeah, you can also go surfing with hippos in Gabon and some of the national parks down there. It's unbelievable. That wait, part wait, of stop the world... right there. Hippo is the most dangerous animal in the jungle. True story. That is a true story. Yep. It is. Don't tell me you went surfing with them. Um, I actually didn't go because the uh, way I was going to, but the waves were actually too oh, high you, when I was oh, there. Yeah, I would be there too, <laughs> taking one look at the hippos going, yeah, I think the waves look a little big. I'd rather get eaten by a hippo than drown in big waves, so I guess that's right. it. And now don't tell me the hippos are hanging 10. I'm <laughs> no, no, they're not. No. They're not. But seriously, you want great natural resources in terms of animal life, right? Gabon, Uganda, unbelievable stuff. You don't just have to go to Rwanda or, or some of the other, like Tanzania or Kenya. There's so many places there that have it. And they're, they're starting to get really well managed about it. Yeah, Uganda is one of the best countries in Africa to visit, um, not just as a Westerner, but just in general. I mean, you can obviously go see the gorillas. You can also do some... The mountain gorillas. The mountain gorillas. You can also do some amazing whitewater rafting in Jinja in the capital city of Kampala. It's actually pretty nice. It'll really And by the way, the whitewater rafting there on the Nile is class five. Yep. It's, it's, and the boat will flip. The boat will flip. Without a doubt. It's kind of like the Zambezi in Victoria Falls. You're going yeah. in the water. Just You're going in the water it. no matter what you yeah. want. Although I will tell you something about, about Zambezi. People like to bungee jump there. I've done took, it four times. Yeah, well, you're an idiot. You know why? <laughs> I took one look at that rope. They have not done the liability check on that rope. Well, they've been using the same rope for like 30 years. Thank you. I'm not going. <laughs> there was that girl, the Australian girl, like two years ago. It snapped. She like broke her back. But, and she, then, but she lived. She lived, and then they just went through the auxiliary rope. They didn't even really do anything about it. I did it again last year. As I said, you're an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all have our things. Okay, you did that. Well, let's talk about some of the trends now, because we're just throwing names and numbers out here. But what would you say in terms of the luxury travel market that is the, 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 the cutting-edge stuff that's happening now? Well, I think that boutique hotels around the world, I mean, I know this is not like, you know, brain surgery, but boutique hotels, I feel like, are really making a prominent showing in most major cities. And a lot of people are um, making the trade-off for the old guard hotels, like the brand name hotels for these boutique luxury hotels. Because they can customize it. Yeah, you can customize it. And they, ha they usually have a great bar and restaurant and a real kind of communal atmosphere as opposed to like a big say Marriott or something like that, where it's just, um, you know, kind of like what your mom and dad used to go to. Well, what you're seeing, I think, is a, is a complete change in even the, in the distribution system of the inventory because Airbnb is weighed in here. So it's not just B&Bs, it's individual homes. Yeah. I mean, uh, my apartment in New York, I'll Airbnb out. And uh, so people... Have you done it? Yeah, a few times, sure. And, and nobody trashed it? <laughs> no, well, actually, no weekend at Bernie's? Uh, I'll, I'll Come on. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. One time I had a, uh, an NBA player stay in my apartment and uh, he screwed up my house so bad I had I didn't give him his uh, deposit back and then he complained about getting $4,000 back. I'm like, dude, you make like $3 million. Shut up. <laughs> How did he trash the apartment? Tell me everything. Tell me everything. Uh, he messed up. Well, he didn't trash the apartment, but he totally messed up my coffee table and the greatest gift I've ever gotten was from my sister. She got me a bobblehead doll of myself and he broke it in like five pieces. I was so angry. It was the best Christmas present I ever got. Oh my goodness! But you kept, but you kept the deposit, and I kept the four thousand bucks. <laughs> Amazing! And he wasn't too tall for the apartment. Nah, he was. We have clearance, Clarence. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Now our radio clearance over. That's Clarence over. Over. Roger. Huh? <laughs>
Live from around the world, it's time for Peter Greenberg Worldwide with America's number one frontline travel news journalist. Get on the phone now and call 1-888-887-3837. That's 1-888-88-PETER. And now, the man who travels over 400,000 miles each year, the travel detective, Peter Greenberg. And welcome back aboard Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Hope you're having a wonderful weekend wherever you happen to be. Let me tell you where we happen to be. Get out your maps, boys and girls. 43 degrees, 43 minutes north. 7 degrees, 25 minutes east coming to you from the Fairmont in Monte Carlo. Taking your calls at 888-887-3837. That's 888-88-PETER. And if you can't get through on the phones, you know the drill. You email me to peter at petergreenberg.com with your name, phone number, question or problem. We will solve it right here on the air. This hotel opened back in 1975. If you ask anybody who remembers it, it was opened up as a Lowe's hotel, but nobody in Monte Carlo or Monaco ever pronounced it that way. They still call it the Loves. It's the Loves Hotel. Actually, it's no longer that. It's the Fairmont, but the old timers still remember it as the Loves. It's uh, architecturally quite interesting. Some people either hate it or love it based on its 1970s look, but you can't beat the views. That, that's for sure. Hey, joining us now, uh, a good friend of ours from National Geographic, Annie Fitzsimmons. Hey, Annie. Hi, Peter. Great to be here. So you've been running around Europe. I have been. This is my fifth week in Europe. Wow. Everybody says, you know, that you've got this dream job, but if truth be told, you have to tell them what your schedule is, too. You're living out of a suitcase, and you're hitting the ground running, working on multiple stories at the same time. Exactly. And I'm quite proud because five weeks on the road, I have three pairs of shoes, which is, I mean, pretty impressive. Okay. Okay. Since you opened that door. <laughs> wait a minute. Since you opened that door. Yes. How does Annie pack? I have, you know, it's one pair of boots, one pair of heels, and one pair of flat shoes. Which most women, I hate to sound this way, but most people that I know, most women that I know don't know how to pack. I know. It's tough. It is tough. And this is not gender specific. Most men don't know how to pack. I think you just have to realize that you can wear the same thing again and no one cares. Especially if it's black. Exactly. It's basically I'm wearing black. black right now. Yes, you are. Because it goes with everything. It could be formal or not. Exactly. Especially in a, in a world where they want to charge you for breathing on an airline, especially for baggage charges. Especially for baggage charges and hotel laundry charges. I mean, if you wash one t-shirt, it can be 10 euros. Since we're in France, I have to tell you my great hotel laundry story. And it's not my story. It was told to me by Merv Griffin, and it's true. He was staying in, in Paris at the Ritz. He wanted to send one of his shirts out to be laundered. And as he's filling out the form, he noticed that the charge for the laundry for the shirt was almost more than the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> now here's Merv Griffin who invented Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune. He's, multi, he's a billionaire, but he understood value. You know what he did? He didn't send it down to the hotel laundry. He asked where the nearest thrift shop was. He took the shirt to the thrift shop and donated it. What's the first thing the thrift shop did? It laundered it. <laughs> And he went back the next day and bought it back for five dollars. He is a smart man. This is why a he wise became. Man. This is why he became <laughs> Merv Griffin. But I mean, I tell that story to everybody. We and, and until Merv died, we used to laugh about this all the time because. Here's a guy worth a few billion dollars who said, I will not on principle exactly. spend this kind of money, yes. which is another reason why you need to pack sensibly. Exactly. Well, and I, you know, in Lisbon, I went to wash and fold where they did it for me. I probably wouldn't have done that. No. What would you have done? Just worn it dirty? No. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. 
No, yeah. I, what I would have done is I would have figured out a local laundry, but not one where I'd have to do. Oh, oh you're saying they would they would do it for you? They did it for me. Oh, I, I yeah. had this vision of me back in college with the with the quarters in the machine. No, yeah. no, no, that's too much of a waste of time on your. Hair. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Thank, okay, we're on the same page on that. Yeah. Other than packing, what, what do you don't pack? Don't I pack? Gosh, I mean a lot of books. You know, I mean I, I have them all on my Kindle. Although I did lug around the Goldfinch, which is like almost three pounds for five weeks, and I finally finished it. See, I'm do different. You? I sh- I slept everything. I in my carry-on I have probably two books I have not magazines newspapers research documents I mean I can't yeah, I can't help it's my, so heavy but I'm so old school about that I like holding it in my hand you like the smell yes I do too I, <laughs> you can't first, smell an iPad the first time you get a book the very first thing you do is you you pull back the binding and you and you, and you, and you sniff you t- it absolutely <laughs> completely of course like a new magazine I know and the reason why I don't have a Kindle you know why, why? Does, doesn't have a print button <laughs> <laughs> I like printing stuff. We've been running around Europe. Running around. I was in Berlin for the 25th anniversary of the Fall of the Wall. Incredible. My story was I was there for the Fall of the Wall. You were. And yes, there are still pictures of me with a hammer and chisel. <laughs> I was in London when the thing was falling down, and a friend of mine said, I got us a flight from Gatwick. We're going right now. On the way to the airport, we stopped at a hardware store, bought a hammer and chisel, which they promptly confiscated from us. <laughs> When we got to the airport, but they put them in the luggage hold, got them, they put them in a plastic bag, and they came right out in the conveyor belt. We grabbed them, got in the taxi, right went to the wall, boom. I still have framed in my wall all those chunks of rocks I knocked out that day. Talk about a party scene. Yeah, well, and we were in Berlin together in April, and I mean, I think it's the coolest city in Europe right now. It is. Oh, it's definitely the coolest city in Europe. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. And it's cheap. And it's cutting edge in terms of their artists, in terms of their music, in terms of. There's a store in Berlin. I live at this store, Cadave. Cadave. Oh yes. my goodness. We had lunch together there too. Cadave is amazing, it's right? It's amazing. It's better than Herod's. It makes Herod's look like Ding Dong School. Yeah. It's just crazy. And Cadave is, you don't go there for, for herring. You go there for which kind of herring. Right. You don't go there for salmon. It's which kind of salmon. And then the fun part, the sauces. And they will sell them to you. I went and bought all these Gravlox sauces and the dill sauces and the mustard yeah, sauces. It's incredible. It's the best. And yeah. you could spend. And chocolate. Don't forget oh, the yeah, chocolate. Yeah. Okay, I won't forget the chocolate. <laughs> but it's a very hot place. It is. Yeah. And it's, you know, the Ritz-Carlton there, you can get it for $200 a night, which, you know, wouldn't really happen in London or Paris or no. New York. No, especially, and it used to never happen in Germany. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's become much more affordable. Yeah. All right, so Berlin's the hot spot. I think Still it's the is. hot spot. And I think Lausanne, Switzerland, too. I think Why? you're going to be Why? hearing. Because, you know, it's always been sort of, I never was the biggest fan of Lausanne, to be completely honest. I mean, it was the Olympic Museum is there. There's a university there. And they have something else there. The most amazing, legendary hotel school is there. This is, I've never seen a school like this in my life. The quality of the students that they're graduating is beyond belief. They have done an amazing, and if anybody goes to Lausanne, I have a chance. Riding along in my automobile My baby beside me at the wheel Cruising and playing the radio With no particular place to go Joining me now, though, is uh, an old friend of the show and an old friend of mine and uh, a wonderful journalist. She's the travel editor of Vanity Fair, Victoria Mather. Hello, Victoria. Hi, Peter. You know, I see you in all the, all the best locations. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you haven't seen me in the supermarket then. <laughs> no, I haven't. No, but, but, but in your travels, in the last year, let's say, mm-hmm. we, you know, I've seen, and tell me if this also mirrors your experience, a, a total upsurge in spend, 
from people uh, in upgrading, uh, and not free upgrading. They're spending the money for the for the for the bigger room or the nicer the nicer quarters. Uh, and the more different the experience, the better. I don't agree with one and two. I do agree with three. Tell me. Now you're talking about people spending more money and upgrading. Yes, they may be doing that, but I think the most significant development of 2014 going through, which will really explode in 2015, is the desire for number three, the experience. So what people are doing are Airbnb, which is coming in as this sort of little torpedo against the big guys like a Fairmont. Actually, it's not a little torpedo. It's a big torpedo. It's a big torpedo. I mean, We're it's huge. We're talking 20 million room nights in 2014. Well. And, and they're not just like little, they're not, it's not couch surfing. You're talking about, in many cases, really great accommodation. Well, what's happened, I think, is that it's, it's, ha it's huge because it's been gripped by the middle classes. So you've got the middle class travelers who of course want to upgrade and of course want to be in a really lovely place, but they're actually also still slightly resistant to the in-your-face luxury of a brand like, say, Fairmont, possibly less so Four Seasons because it's more understated. Um, definitely they get a bit edgy in a Ritz-Carlton because of the bling. But, so they want a genuine... Right, let me just insert this right now. Victoria never gets edgy because of the bling. <laughs> I just no. thought I'd mention that. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. Yes. Um, but if you want to go and have what they call a genuine experience, they're very keen about the genuine experience, then if you can go Airbnb and pay $150 a night to stay in a, the top floor of a palazzo in Venice, what's not to love? Right. And it works in Paris, it works in New York, it works in London. And I'll tell you the other thing, it works for me. I am thinking of letting my beach house on the Isle of Wight through Airbnb. You get results. Why not get earn yourself that sort of money? All you've got to do is get Mrs. Tiddlywinkle the Daily to go in and change the sheets and throw the duster at a few pictures, and it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Although the reality of it is, at least in the short term, you have three issues that have to be dealt with, at least in the United States. Taxes, liability, and insurance. Because, for example, if I wanted to have someone stay in my apartment in New York, and I did it through Airbnb, and God forbid something happened, a fire, a flood, they left the bathroom water running, my insurance policy is void because I was using my apartment as a commercial venture. Well, Peter, I'm so glad you shared that because I was just, it was the bit that was really worrying me about letting my beach house. Yes. So I'm liable if they set fire to the beach Unless house. you have a rider in your insurance policy that allows you to use it as an apartment rental. So I think what's happening is, and this goes back to the idea of the, of the small torpedo versus the large torpedo, it is such a large torpedo that my prediction is, in this year, 2015, you're going to see insurance companies, because they want to make money too, start to rewrite their policies to make that part of it, and they'll charge a higher premium in the process, and people will pay that. So for example, in, in San Francisco, the State Attorney General of California went to Airbnb and said, you are illegal, you're not paying occupancy taxes, you're not paying excise and sales taxes. There are liability issues here uh, and, 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 and insurance problems. And you know what Airbnb said? Fine, we'll pay the taxes and we'll figure out the insurance. Once they said that, nobody had a, an argument anymore. And so that if you did that, for example, using your beach house example in San Francisco, then whoever was renting that beach house would pay whatever the rate was and you'd get that rate minus the taxes, the insurance, and the liability issues. That's what needs to be done. And by the way, once that gets done, 
It's an even bigger torpedo. Here's my question. It's Concorde by that time. By that time, or, or it's a supersonic missile, Ooh. because as you are, we talk about disruption. This is massive disruption of the distribution system. Because if you're a hotelier, especially, but most people don't realize, and many of my audience doesn't realize, that if you're a Hilton, a Hyatt, a Marriott, a Starwood, you don't own most of your hotels. You're a management company. You're getting somebody else to put up the money to build those hotels with the promise, or the premise, that they can fill the rooms in that particular location. And they have certain exclusivity in that area, and, and they have the brand power, okay? How do you make that guarantee? If all of a sudden 25% of the room inventory that's available to that particular prospective hotel is already being used by Airbnb with somebody else's apartment, you can't. And the person whose apartment it is owns it. They own the problems. They own the experience that they want to give to the customer, to the guest. I mean, the person who rents my beach house is going to be so lucky. I mean, there's espresso machines. It'll be stocked with local produce. It'll have beautiful fresh flowers because that's what I expect to be done for me. So they're, basically, they're my guests. we have to change your title now from travel editor of Vanity Fair to travel editor and B and B operator. Yes, landlady. Landlady. <laughs> you know, I'll be there. But, I'll be but, waiting up to make sure they get home safely at night. Right, but what's interesting to me, but you're a responsible homeowner, and and but it's interesting to me that you're actually willing to make that choice now because you can you can see the numbers. But. So, but Peter, this is what I'm saying about the whole the middle class thing getting on the on the bandwagon. So many of my friends have done it with fabulous results. They've had, you know, they've got the lodge at the end of the drive, or they've got a, a house in London which they're not using during the summer because they're away in the Hamptons. What? Why not? Everybody's doing it. And the other thing I want to say is that because it, it's just going back to the genuine experience idea. It's not just about Airbnb. It's also about little companies called there's Canopy and Stars, there's Cool Stays, because people want now to sleep in a wine barrel. They want to, you can, if you go to the Landmark Trust, you can sleep in a, a listed heritage, beautiful stone pineapple on the top of a plinth. You can <laughs> sit, and there are a number of lighthouses you can stay in. A legion of fabulous ones in Scandinavia, which is going to be huge. The well, Baltic's going to be huge next year. You saw what Airbnb just did uh, at the end of last year. They put on the line, available for rental, a, a, a wide-body MD-11 jet from KLM that was sitting on the ground in, at Schiphol, and, and they reconfigured the entire interior with a bedroom, a dining room, a living room, a bathroom, and you could spend the night on a wide-body KLM jet. And... People did it. They just want, and they spent the money. It's wacky. It's fun. And they weren't using. And by the way, that was a plane that KLM retired. It wasn't even going to fly anymore. It was just sitting on the ground. I said, "What do you want to do with it? I don't know. Let's turn it into a B and B and rent it. Airbnb done." And they it did. truly is Airbnb. Really, that one really is. Yes, that truly is. That's the ultimate Airbnb, right? But I think it's incredibly cool. I mean, people want to have it. Totally dovetails with the essential of modern travel which is bragging rights you go and you say you know it's very easy to go and say i went and stayed at the four seasons in moscow which is fabulous by the way you actually must go just opened oh, a but, but, but let me stop right there at the high end the four seasons the ritz carlton's the saint regis is way at the top yeah i don't think they'll be as affected by airbnb as the mid-level hotel. Yeah, but it's always the middle that gets punished, yeah. isn't it? In yeah. every, every situation, every economic situation, always, always, always. 
But if you go and say, I slept in a wine barrel, or I slept in a pineapple, or I slept in a lighthouse, at the dinner party, at the drinks party... You become more interesting. People go, God, you're cool. You know, 2015, anniversary of Waterloo... Um, anniversary of Agincourt. All the battles the British have won, I'm glad to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a year to be cool, to be a winner. And to be a winner, you've got to be able to brag that you've done something different. Dare to be different. Right. And at a price point that's not going to kill you. Yes. And that shows you you're super cool because you're clever. Because it implies that you've got the taste because you're going to have the fabulous Palazzo apartment in Venice, but also that you're savvy because you're not going to be ripped off by the Venetians, which, of course, is the Venetians' main sport. There you go. Keep that going. This is flight 372 on SWA. The flight attendant's on board serving you today. Teresa in the middle, David in the back. My name is David, and I'm here to tell you that. Shortly after takeoff, first things first, there's soft drinks and coffee to quench your thirst. But if you want another kind of drink, then just holler. Alcoholic beverages will be $4. If a monster energy drink is your plan, that'll be $3, and you get the whole can. We won't take your cash. You got to pay with plastic. If you have a coupon, then that's fantastic. Audible.com has more than 150,000 titles and virtually every genre. So check it out for yourself. Sign up today at www.audiblepodcast.com slash travel today to get a free audiobook and 30-day trial. To participate in the program and speak with Peter Greenberg, call 1-888-887-3837 or visit petergreenberg.com. Now back to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. 52 minutes after the hour, Peter Greenberg here with you from the Fairmont Monte Carlo, taking your calls at 888-887-3837. That's 888-88-PETER. And if you can't get through on the phones by now, I know you know the drill. You email me to peter at petergreenberg.com with your name, phone number, question or problem. We will solve it right here on the air. You know, we're here attending the International Luxury Travel Mart, and everybody's trying to, to, to define, redefine, or somehow figure out what the word luxury means. But in that realm of luxury, in that world of luxury, there are some magazines you may not have seen, because these are not magazines you can normally subscribe to. These are magazines that have to be conferred upon you. Remember the old American Express commercial, Membership Has Its Privileges? Well, one of the privileges, if you have, happen to have the platinum or the dreaded black card, that Centurion card, then you get the, the magazine that my good friend Farhad actually is the managing editor of. Farhad Hidari is the managing editor of Centurion and the Departures magazine that goes to all the American Express card holders. But you guys are all about luxury travel. We are indeed, yes. We produce the magazines in 170 countries in eight different languages. We produce it, as you mentioned, for the Platinum Card members internationally and the Centurion members that we have. Basically saying, here's what you can spend money on. Exactly. The magazines are, are created as a sort of a service for our, our members, readers, cardholders, as you wish to call them. And it's something for them to encourage them to, to, to inspire them to go visit somewhere, see something, buy something, dine somewhere. But you know, what, what it really gets down to, I think, is, is a certain one-upsmanship, right? Because everybody wants to be the first on their block. They, they all want to be have bragging rights about some kind of experience that they had that nobody else has had yet. Absolutely, absolutely. And our readers seek that sort of thing out. They're, they're trying to find, as you mentioned, experiences, uh, uh, venues, uh, destinations, 
that you know uh, their their neighbors might not have access to or might not be privy to, and so they are trying to. In, in a lot of ways, they're contrarians. They try to go places or see things or experience things that other people would not be able to go. So and and often and when you think and when you think about it, most of my friends, I hate to say it, are not evolved travelers in the way that I am. And I say this not to to one up them either. I say it because I think it's somewhat sad that they want to do the same thing every year or go to the same place, and then they whine about it. Or they think that the fact that I might go to Egypt is scary, when I don't think it's scary at all. Well, we're all creatures of, of habit, aren't we? Right. we? We find some place that we like, whether it's northern Italy for me, the, the, the German-speaking part of Italy. Called right, Saint but you Tuvo. go back there every chance you get. I, I go back there every chance I get, your, or come to here, you know, the right. south But, but, but uh, our magazines are all about inspiring us right. to sort of open up our horizons and go places that we might not have thought about. All right, so give me some of those. Well, it, it, it really, really depends. For example, there's a brand new, wonderful new lodge that's just opened on the Galapagos, which enables you to actually go stay on the Galapagos rather than sort of sailing around it. And it's, 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 it's those sorts of things, finding new places. There's a wonderful, wonderful place in the Faroe Islands, for example. Uh, let's talk about the Faroe I love the Faroe Islands. And people don't even know where they are. You know what? Go to Copenhagen, get on a plane... Go to, go to Iceland, get on a plane, and you'll go to the Faroe Islands. Absolutely, absolutely. Or, for example, the Isles of Scilly. But wait, you know, before you even get there, tell me about the place on the Faroe Islands. Well, the Faroe Islands is a wonderful place. It's nature completely unbridled and unvarnished. I mean, and great fishing. And great fishing. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a Viking holdout, ostensibly. And you go there and... I love it. Sounds like the FBI. You stormed <laughs> the Viking holdout. <laughs> exactly. No. I, mean, it's, 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 it's a, I mean, there are places like this still in this very connected... Uh, you know, uh, world of ours, and you know, our readers are trying to either uncover that or, or, or find a way to experience it in comfort, let's say. And as such, we, we try to provide a, a curated cheat sheet, if you will, uh, tried and tested uh, as to per our exacting standards as to whether these places are worthwhile, you know, worth the journey, worth the investment, if you will. And it's not just places, it's also gear. It's also stuff that you take with you, right? Absolutely. I mean, so it's not just a mobile phone, it's a global satellite mobile phone absolutely. that's diamond-crusted. Well, it could be, absolutely. I've seen it. Uh, it could be, absolutely. I've seen you, it. You, you want to have connectivity? Whether you, and, and I want connectivity with diamonds. Well, you could probably have that. You know, <laughs> as they say, diamonds are a man's or a woman's best friend. But, you know, you can have that. In, I mean, there are kit that you can take with you that can enliven that travel experience or that, that whatever that experience is. So, or if you, if you have an affinity for tennis or for, or for water sports or for golf. I know you're a golfer. I am a golfer, indeed, yeah. And you write about that. I do. I, I cover it from time to time. And in fact, I just came back, I was, I was saying in the car over here, just came back from a wonderful place in Corsica, uh, which is a revelation in itself. And when I think golf, I think immediately of Corsica. Well, exactly. And, and one does it. And, but on this wonderful 7,000-acre estate uh, that this wonderful family owns, where there are 17 farmhouses, they've just unveiled a golf offering. Now, it's not an 18-hole course or not even a 9-hole course. But, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's a composite course, and no less a golf genius, a luminary, other than Kyle Phillips, has designed this course. And you can play between holes. It's a setup that sort of harkens back to the early days of golf, where there was no par or a set number of holes you have to play. And so they can change the configuration. And it's a wonderful additional golf offering. Now, if they change the rules, I'll play. Exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. It depends how many mulligans we can you know, have right. for a hole. Exactly. How many holes did he miss? He wins. Right. <laughs> exactly. Job done. Yeah. That's right. But the bottom line is, you never run out. Toto, I'm repeating we're not in Kansas anymore.
This segment of Travel Today with Peter Greenberg is brought to you by Greater Fort Lauderdale. Visit sunny.org for more information and say hello to Sunny. My next guest, almost call her a regular on the show. Every time I go somewhere in the world, she pops up and we have a chance to have a conversation. She's the president of Fairmont Raffles. Is it Fairmont Raffles Hotels International? Is that what it is? Then? Well, we call it FIHI, which covers our three great brands, Raffles, Fairmont, and Swiss Hotel. Fine, be that way. That's Jennifer Fox. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Peter. Always selling, always selling. <laughs> it's my job. So as we are here now trying to figure out the trends you know, here at the International Luxury Travel Mart, there's another trend out there that's got to be of somewhat concern to you, and it's in the news all the time. You know, everybody talks about the disruptive economy. About, they call it the shared economy, the whole idea of Airbnb. And everywhere I look, whether it's hotels, rental cars, even limousines, I mean, everything is being disrupted. The whole distribution model seems to be changing. And, you know, if you look at the limousine service, you know, the only reason why I don't own a limousine service, or the only reason, let's say, why you want, want to drive for me is because I control the distribution, and you drive for me because I get the client. Now we have Uber. You don't need me. You can drive yourself, right? There are the kids in, in Boston who, who were at MIT, and they were going to the airport, and they passed, what, the parking lot at the airport with 7,000 cars there, all personal cars that are just sitting there for five days while people are on a trip. They go, wait a minute, that's Airbnb for cars, and they're starting to do that. So if you run a rental car company, if you're Avis, National, or Hertz, you got some thinking to do about how you change this or how you adapt to it, right? Yeah, same absolutely. Thing, same thing in the hotel business when you see how many room nights are now being booked on Airbnb. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the shared economy is changing the way we think about things in the hotel business. And, uh, you know, the thing is the market for travel is just growing so fast and it's been exponential in terms of the last few years. And I think that's going to be the trend moving forward. So I think there's room for all of this in the marketplace. I mean, if you think about share uh, Airbnb, or if you think about you know one fine stay, which is another one of these sort of shared uh, accommodations, uh, what they don't offer that the hotel industry offers is the service that you get. Right. For example, if you're staying in someone's apartment at Airbnb, yeah, maybe you can order in you know from one of these companies that deliver food, but you're not going to get pizza. the experience. Yeah. Pizza, yeah. Yeah. pizza, or you know Thai or whatever your cuisine favorite cuisine is. But what you don't get are the hotel services. So I think there'll always be a market for those people that want luxury and they want that luxury service. Well, I would think that at the high end, those hotels are almost immune from the Airbnb for a certain, to a certain extent because people are there because of the service. Yeah, it's a very they're, different customer. But if you're, the, if you're a mid-level brand within the Sheridan family or the Hyatt or the, or the Marriott family, all of a sudden, other than the frequent stay programs, which have a certain amount of attraction, mm -hmm. attraction for guests, people are now saying, wait a minute, I, I can actually stay here for... You know, $100 less a night and have a three-bedroom house. All of a sudden, they're going, I'll do that. So that's what's, what's really upsetting the apple cart, so to speak. Yeah, but you know, I don't think hotels are, are seeing a downturn in their business because of those, because I do think the market is growing so much that there's room for different types of accommodation All right, and so different types of stays. All right, so let's talk about how the market is growing. When you say it's growing almost exponentially, where is it growing from? Well, there's, of course, the emerging markets. You know, China is a, a big consumer of travel today, which wasn't the case 10 years ago. So you're seeing this incredible, you know, a, a, as the urbanization of China and people are starting to experience consumerism for the very first time. So now they want these travel experiences and they want to travel. So that's a big and market spe And they're us. spending the money. They're spending the money. You know, Brazil, Latin America, another big emerging market that we're starting to see some great business. They're going into city. They're coming into places like this in, in Monaco. Uh, they're traveling to London. They're traveling to Paris. So we're getting lots of business from there. 
Uh, Russia, even though you know Russia's in a bit of a, a downturn right now, but the Russian business has been incredibly strong uh, to this part of the world and to you know, other major markets. So I think that there's that kind of growth that we didn't have 10 years ago. So there's room for more different types of accommodation in the marketplace. And I also think Airbnb is attracting a different type of customer that perhaps would stay in the luxury end of the market. They may be more interested in staying in the mid-class. Mid, mid You're talking about the younger millennials? Or? Yeah, the younger millennials. You know, I think they're really attracted to this shared economy because you're right, you know, they're doing it with Uber, uh, they're doing it with cars. I mean, even I know, you know, I live in the centre of London, right in Soho. I mean, I don't have a car anymore, but when I want to use a car, I just rent one and I rent a nice little luxury car to go out on the weekend to and, the country. And that's another interesting development. And I, and I say this because people forget, in the US for years, Ford Motor Company would have an advertisement every single year saying the Ford Taurus is the most popular car in America, right? You know why it was the most popular car? Because they based it on the sales of the car. They were fleet sales to Avis, National, mm -hmm. and Hertz. That's what the rental car companies bought, not Mr. and Mrs. Consumer, mm -hmm. right? Well, what are the rental car companies doing now? They're shrinking their fleets. So, it, and younger people are not buying cars as much anymore. They're, they're, they want, want a car, they'll go a zip car. They'll do... Yeah, well, they might do a zip car when they're running around the city, but when they right. come to a place like Monaco, they might hire a Ferrari for the weekend. So they can trade up or they can trade down, and I think they love that option. And if you're living in the middle of a big city, you know, you don't need to have a car anymore. So if you're, if you're a General Motors or a Ford, you have to start re reorganizing who your upcoming markets are going to be mm -hmm. because you may be making too many cars, mm -hmm. right? I mean, yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so what's the future now? I mean, okay, well, I'll, I'll be devil's advocate. What's to prevent... Any hotel company, not just yours, any hotel company ever saying, okay, we see these people with 20 million room nights last year going Airbnb, which is, that's a lot of rooms, right? What's to prevent you from saying, you know, why don't we go to some of the bigger cities, not resorts, but bigger cities like Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Miami, uh, and buy, uh, let's say, Fairmont Apartments? Well, we do. We have a lot of Fairmont Apartments all over the world. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that we recognize this as a is company. This is news to me. Yeah, well, um, you're here to learn. <laughs> <laughs> Thank no. you, Jennifer. Peter, we can always learn from each other. Okay. I know that I learn a lot from you. But, you know, if you think back about 10 years ago, Fairmont, I recognize that um, the way people were living today, that they wanted an option of being in an apartment. So we've got a couple of different um, residential uh, models, and one of them is our Heritage Place, where you can buy, and it's similar to timeshare. So we have these in places like Mayakoba, uh, we have them in, 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 in uh, some of our resort locations, we have them in Maui. Uh, so we've got a lot of residential in our company today, and we find it's most of our new projects, you know, we've got 114 hotels today going to about 175 in the next five years. And out of our hotels under development, a big chunk of those have residential components where we manage the residential and uh, some of them where people purchase the residences, they use them for a few months a year, and then they put them into the rental pool and we take care of them for them when they're not using them. So that's so great. So they're not really like timeshares? Well, we have the timeshare model as well, and right. that's our heritage place concept. Right. So we have a timeshare model, but we also have residences that we manage, and they're managed by Fairmont. Uh, we've got a great project in uh, Manila at the Raffles Fairmont Makati, where you've got 230 different uh, apartments, and about 130 of those we manage and we use them and rent them uh, just as you'd rent a three-bedroom hotel suite. So it's it's a trend, but it's been around for several years. And it's not, not new. And those are competitively priced? Yeah, they're competitively priced. So if you're there for a month and you want to have a little kitchen, you can stay. And instead of staying in a hotel room, you can actually book a three-bedroom apartment. People use them if they're there for perhaps you've got um, a consultant that might be working on a project for a couple of months or you might have people that are there for a week and they're a family and they've got children. So they'd rather have, rather than have a hotel room or two or three hotel rooms, they'd rather have an apartment. So we have a lot of that and we've got, you know, a lot of it moving forward into the future as well. 
when you look at all your hotels, when you say 114 going to 175 in five years, that's rapid growth, mm -hmm. right? I mean, that is huge, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Under those brands that you mentioned before, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Is there a bubble that you breach at a certain point? Because it's sort of like the Starbucks idea. There's a Starbucks in every corner, and pretty soon you go, enough with the Starbucks, right? How do you know? that you haven't saturated a market? Well, I think if you think about our three brands and how we have them positioned and what our strategy is for each brand, uh, it's very different by brand. For example, our Rappers brand, we see Rappers going into mega cities, uh, major cities around the world, and you know desirable resort locations. So Rappers will never get to the point where it's probably going to be more than about 50 hotels. Then if you look at the Fairmont brand, we want Fairmont to be in every major city in the world. So for example, you know we're in London today, we're in Paris, we're in New York today, but we're not in Paris today. So we need to get a Fairmont hotel in Paris. So we're trying to go Fairmont where our customers want to go. And our Fairmont customers want to go to major cities and resort destinations. So we're very focused on sort of filling those gaps where we're not there today. And with Swiss Hotel, Swiss Hotel is a brand that we believe can go pretty much in um, secondary markets as well as main city markets and again resort locations. So we've got a slightly different strategy per brand, but we're not at saturation yet. So we've got a few more years to go before we have to be particularly worried about that. Exactly. And, and, and you know, because I remember asking somebody one day, how many different brands does Marriott have? And nobody in the room could answer except for one person. That person worked for Marriott. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, now that you've mentioned that you know how many there are, can you name them? And they did. Applause, applause, applause. And then I said, okay, differentiate them. And there was long silence because they got so many. Mm -hmm. It's very difficult. I mean, yes, you can differentiate like a residence in from a big JW Marriott, but then all those other brands become a little bit of a challenge. You only have four to play with, so you're okay. Yeah, well, we've got three. We've got three great brands. You've been listening to Peter Greenberg Worldwide. Catch us each week as we broadcast from a new location somewhere around the world. If you like Ion Travel with Peter Greenberg, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Some puzzles are hard to solve. Others are hard to prove. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. Access episodes early and ad-free with 48 Hours Plus on Apple Podcasts. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.